0: Today's pod all five Power Five conference championship games rank from most confident to least confident as I pick them all. What if the NFL had a four team playoff? Who would the committee pick for the NFL? I'll give you my thoughts on that. Willie Cologne on DAC and a bunch of other great storytelling, the alliance and life advice with Vacation Kyle. This episode is presented to you by Lululemon, the perfect pants do exist, and you can get them at Lululemon. The men's ABC pants are shockingly comfortable and breathable, and they come in tons of different styles and fabrics, all made to make you look and feel good. Whether you're in the office, at the gym, cheering in the stands, or just relaxing at home, these pants are in a league of their own. Buy a pair today at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Tired of paying for cable TV? Switch to Hulu Plus Live TV today to watch over 95 live channels for sports news, shows, and more. Plus, get access to Hulu's entire streaming library with access to Disney Plus and ESPN Plus all in one plan. No long-term contract, no hidden fees, and no clunky cable box. Get Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. This is what we're going to do in the open today. I'm going to give you my confidence ranking from most confident of the outcome to least confident of the outcome of all the college football conference games, Power 5, and then we're going to pivot that into with the final rankings coming out and figuring out who's actually in the playoff, and we could have a real, real challenging scenario for the committee. Let's look at the NFL to the point of this season, put all the teams in the mixer. I'm going to rank them one through four, and then first two out. All right, so we start in the Big Ten. I am most confident about Michigan beating Iowa. I think you should, too. The spread uh, on FanDuel Sportsbook right now, 21.5, Michigan's favored by. The most amazing number that may exist on any game you can bet this weekend is do you have the balls to bet Iowa over 6.5 total points? I've been looking at the number all week. I don't know if you've seen it go anywhere else. I haven't seen it move. The pick of this game is just obvious. You know, Michigan, how bad do they want to make this? I don't imagine, even if they turn the football over, there's some crazy Iowa stuff in here. We know that they're the last ranked offense in college football in yards per game. It's 247. And honestly, plug in the joke, surprise it's that high. Uh, The second worst team offensively yards per game is Kent State. And they're like 25 yards better than Iowa is. I also looked at this because I was going through the schedule again, which is not great because the Big Ten West, like this should be remembered. And granted, things are going to change here. But with the Big Ten West, like never forget this year, never forget this year that this is what a power five division was like. So Iowa, the only ranked team that they played while they were ranked. And then ultimately, when the season's over, the only team that ended up being ranked was Penn State and they got shut out 31 nothing. They had 76 total yards. So I don't know how often this would happen. With a power five team, but basically, Iowa did not score a point against a ranked football team the entire season and for a total of 76 yards. Now, part of it's because of the schedule and then ultimately who they played and why they have 10 wins and why they're ranked 16th in the committee rankings because you just start to run out of teams. As somebody who had to do it a couple years for ESPN.com, like you guys get mad about the ranks. You're like, how is Tennessee still in there? Like around 17, 18, you kind of start just running out of teams. And that's why Iowa is ranked as high as they are. But The fact that it's a 21 and a half point michigan favorite in a big 10 championship game tells you what everybody thinks of this one so that's just a straight outcome it's not the bet all right it's not the bet it's not i'm that confident they're covering 21 and a half it's just a straight pick so number two most confident big 12 championship game texas oklahoma state texas right now favored by 14 and a half i think this one opened around texas minus 12 and a half so people have been texas side the last Big 12 championship for Texas, this can be a little misleading because you'll see it be like, man, it's been since 2009. But remember, the Big 12 got annoyed that the extra game felt like it penalized their chance of being in the BCS a couple of times. So they didn't play it. They did not play this championship game from 2011 to 2016. Oklahoma State, resume wise, like this is the best team they're going to play all season in Texas. It's not even debatable. And you can say, wow, Oklahoma, like they th- I know what you're saying, but I also think that, you know, that rivalry, is is another one of those games where there's just enough of these games that if you just keep watching you're like i don't know something weird could happen in that one i mean alabama at auburn is another really good example when they play the iron bowl at auburn it just feels like what the hell is going on in this game and i think that's what you have with bedlam in oklahoma and oklahoma state so Oklahoma State, though, they've got the UCF loss that was 45-3 to three weeks ago. The South Alabama loss in September, 33-7. They had a great comeback against BYU after being down 24-6 to get overtime to get into this conference championship game. But Texas beat BYU by 29. Uh, Ollie Gordon, the second running back for Oklahoma State, he is incredible. He's been awesome all season long, almost 1,600 yards, 20 touchdowns rushing, but he's going up against the best D-line that he's going to face all season. So that's why I have Texas. As my number two most confident winner for this weekend. Number three, I'm going Georgia-Bama. Now, Georgia is favored by five and a half. It moved pretty quickly to six and a half. I think it's back now at five and a half. Depends on when you're going to listen to this. I didn't know where it was going to go. It could be because of the Brock Bowers' uh, LAD injury updates. I think they're questionable still to this point. There's also a scenario here for the committee. If Bama were to win, so let's say Michigan wins and Pac-12 champ, whoever that is, I think those two are locks. Then Texas wins, Florida State stays clean. We'll get to that here. Is there a scenario here where Bama is then facing either Florida State in the argument as the SEC champ or Texas in the argument? Maybe the committee goes, oh, that game was a long time ago, which seems incredibly unfair to Texas. I don't look at Bama at 12-1 and as one, is, is one of the great Bama teams. I just don't, and that has a lot to do with Milro, who I thought was terrible against Auburn until the game-winning touchdown, and so he scares the shit out of me in this game, in this spot. Uh, George's defense, we don't think it's the same names, but statistically they're really good. I just wonder, would the committee actually leave out an SEC champ and have it be Bama, You know, have it be 12-1 and one Bama leaving them out? I know that sounds ridiculous, but if Florida State's undefeated and Texas has the head-to-head and I think Michigan and Pac-12 champs are locks, I think I'd be okay with it. And I don't know that I ever would have thought that, that I'd be okay with it. Now, the other part of it is you have to remember it's when they're re-ranking all of this stuff after the conference championship games happen, That it's think of it as this concept. There is a massive step back to look at the entire palette of the season of all these teams and then just rank them again right? That's kind of what they say they're doing. And we can get into the semantics of the four best and the most deserving and all this stuff. Maybe they have an out if Florida State wins a squeaker and they feel like, well, they don't have their quarterback, which again, as I say that, I feel gross even thinking that that's a possibility. I think I might be okay with the SEC being out if Bama were to get this game. But um, for the Alliance pick, I'm probably going to go with Georgia just because of Melrose. All right. Oregon, Washington, you probably thought that was going to be my most confident pick. It is uh, my second least confident pick. I know what I've said because I've watched them both. I've given you the common opponents, the seven common opponents in the Pac 12. Washington's beaten by an average score of nine points. Oregon, same opponents, it's 27 points. So you've ever heard that stat from me? Washington, though, at least is dangerous enough on those deep shots where they can be inadequate in other elements of the game but they're going to take so many deep shots with those awesome receivers that you can feel like you're controlling the game and then that Penix-Roma-Dunze thing is going to happen again. And I've seen it enough to go like, you, even when you think you're ready for it, you're not ready for it. And Rome wins all of these absurd 50-50 balls. It's like DeAndre Hopkins to me. Um, So, And he, he might be quicker than him too. So I'm picking Oregon in the game, clearly. But there's enough of a Washington part of this where I'm like, man, the explosive plays. But then when you start looking up the explosive plays, here's what's kind of funny about that is Washington's number three, guess who's number two? Oregon. Number one for those keeping track? LSU. The turnover part of this, if you want to start getting into the turnover conversation here, like Oregon takes care of the football on top of everything else. So If you were saying, what if Oregon turns it over a few times? Well, they don't. Like, Washington's much more likely to turn it over per game than Oregon is. Oregon is second best in protecting the football of any team in college football. Washington was 61st. All right, finally, the game I am least confident about, picking ACC championship game. Florida State right now favored by two and a half over Louisville. I know Louisville's lost a bit of the shine after losing their game against Kentucky. Here's what I think about Louisville. They are good enough to hang with most teams. They can win a shootout. We know the defense isn't going to be great, but they're going to find ways. I think they're going to be incredibly aggressive in this game against a Florida State defense that statistically ranks much better than Louisville, but. Even with the receivers, you're just not sure, like, is Florida State going to trust a guy post-Jordan Travis, who with six years of college experience, is probably one of the most trusted guys behind center in the entire country. Even if the stats weren't great, you were like, okay, at least we know this guy's got it, and he's been around long enough that we're going to be able to trust him in this spot. I don't know if that's going to happen with Florida State in this one. Um, And This this is one I have literally no read on whatsoever, so least confident there with the ACC. I'll give out, let me just run through a quick, Michigan straight up, Texas, I would think even with the spread, I wouldn't want to take Oklahoma State, even with all those points. Uh, I'm going to lay the five and a half with Georgia. I'm almost tempted to take Washington plus the nine and a half, but I don't want to take them and then have people be like, well, wait a minute, didn't you, didn't you pick Washington in that game? Because that's what happens no matter what, because somebody pays attention. So I'll just say Oregon minus the nine and a half and give me Louisville plus the two and a half against Florida State. Now, what I wanted to do, because I think it's kind of fun, is if we looked at the NFL and the NFL season were over after this weekend, and there was a committee tasked with picking the four teams allowed to play for a Super Bowl, which wouldn't go over well. And uh, whether the league or the, whatever, what are you debating a Hypothetical? This is never going to happen anyway. There's no point. So let's kind of go through who we think would be in the mix here. I think it's seven teams, Baltimore, Philly, Kansas City, San Francisco, Dallas, Jacksonville, and Detroit, that are at least worth discussing. If I were to look at the resume stuff, Again, let's try to treat the NFL like it's a committee here. Baltimore has a lot of things going for itself. But Baltimore, if you were going to dig into the wins, you're like, wait, do they have, like, what's their best win? Is it when they put Detroit on Fraudler after they smashed them 38-6? That's probably the best win. They got Burrow in Cincinnati the first time. But if you're in the room, you're going, well, Burrow wasn't really Burrow yet. And then they got him a second time when Burrow played almost most of the first half. Their losses, Pittsburgh, 17-10, probably shouldn't have lost that one. An overtime loss to the Colts, which I didn't think was terrible, even though we look at the Colts' record, whatever. And then the Cleveland ones were mistake-prone at the end. Now, if you were in the room, you could argue, okay, three losses. But again, these teams aren't supposed to go like undefeated, even if they were favored in these games. Uh, But all of those teams that they've lost to would be playoff teams in the AFC today, so that would be another pro-Baltimore point. Combining that with Kansas City, if we were just focusing here on the AFC, Their worst losses at Denver. Maybe one person in the room would be like, Wasn't Mahomes sick? Uh, The week one Detroit loss, we've covered it a million times. No Chris Jones, no Kelsey. Their best three wins, Miami in Germany, Jacksonville week two, when we were like, Wait, this defense might be pretty good. But if you were looking for a resume third win from the Chiefs, it's kind of hard to find. Bears, Jets, Minnesota, denver the first time the chargers yeah maybe it's the chargers but that would be me be like oh Rasilla, you always like the chargers but it was a two touchdown score maybe the comeback against vegas or would somebody say why were they down 14 nothing so their third win is a little hard to figure than some of the other teams if we go to the NFC, and don't worry i'll get to jacksonville here as well philadelphia the record is hard to argue against uh they've got three wins on paper that are tough to match from any other team in this conversation. Kansas City, Buffalo, Dallas, even if we feel like they were outplayed in two of three, I think Dallas fans felt like they were outplayed in that one as well, but I'm not going to do that. The worst loss is maybe worse than anybody else because it's the Jets. They were four turnovers in that one, minus four on the giveaway number for that one, but it's their only loss. So if you want to look at that loss and go, well, that's worse than anybody else's loss and that's going to affect my seating, Well, yeah, except they only have one of them and the other teams have more. San Francisco, their good wins are really, really good because they're dominant. They destroyed Dallas early. They killed Jacksonville recently. They beat up on a Seattle team that Dallas just struggled with at home. You know Pittsburgh even week one. Pittsburgh record little misleading on that one, but complete domination. So we know when San Francisco is really rolling. That's why I feel like they're the best team in the NFL. But does that matter in seeding when they went for a month there in October? And after the Dallas win, they lost three straight. Dallas, number one in point differential in the NFL. Bad losses. We've got a few of them. Um, Maybe maybe just the harder part for them is the the great wins. Um, The San Francisco loss was so ugly. The Philadelphia loss is a good loss, but the Arizona loss didn't really make any sense, and it's one of Arizona's only two wins. So maybe that's a worse loss than even the Jets' lost for Philadelphia. Their wins are are bad. It's Giants, it's Jets, it's New England, the Chargers by three, the Rams, they doubled up on them, the Giants, Carolina, Washington again, and then Seattle, which I thought was just a really important game for them to be able to win that kind of shootout, despite the defense. So we'll kind of keep going with this, but it feels like the last night might be their best win if you were in the committee. Detroit, they've got a bad loss. I don't think overtime loss to, Dallas, to Seattle is a bad loss by Detroit at all. Their bad loss is is just getting destroyed by Baltimore. But Baltimore might be my number one overall seed here. Thanksgiving was frustrating, but it feels like Green Bay's figured out a couple things here offensively the last couple weeks. And if you're in the committee, you're locked into all the stuff week to week. So Seattle's not a bad loss in overtime uh, at all. It's just the Baltimore one is so one-sided and they couldn't do anything offensively for like the first 30 minutes of that game. And that's when they got put on fraud alert, but then won three in a row and people started putting Detroit back on number one in their power Wait, I think the Detroit flirtation with number one, in the power rankings was prior to the Baltimore ass kicking. And then Jacksonville is the final team that we'll even mention in this out of all the teams, their last in point differential their losses against Kansas city, which we covered on the Kansas city side of this. Uh, They lost to Houston. They were actually one and two to start the season and despite losing to by 20 to Houston, which doesn't look great. Uh, Houston's far better because of Stroud than we thought. I thought that was a nice win by them because that game could have gone either way. Most recently, in Week 12. But they have their Detroit-Baltimore result by getting destroyed at home 34-3 to against San Francisco. Strength of schedule stuff. Of all of the teams that we have in the seven here, Kansas City has the highest or strongest strength of schedule. Strength of victory. Baltimore, Kansas City are kind of close. Kansas City, a little bit better of a resume. The best strength of victory is actually Jacksonville of these seven teams. And the worst one is Dallas. Only the Giants, New Orleans, and Miami have a worse strength of victory number here. Want to get real deep into it and start dabbling some ESPN, FBI all over the place? San Francisco is actually number one in this. Dallas is number two. Baltimore is actually fourth. Kansas City's behind them. You know who's number three? You're like, hey, where's number three? The Bills. The Bills are not eligible. I might be like, hey, what if the Bills sneaky turn things around? So here's what I came up with. Feel free to debate it till death. Resume, eye test, all packaged together. I'm going Baltimore, tougher conference. If the AFC is the SEC, what is the NFC? I don't know if I have an answer for that right now. Maybe the ACC. So Baltimore's my one seed. Philly's my two seed. Kansas City's my three seed. San Francisco is my four seed. And first two out, despite the number one point differential for Dallas, that FBI loves them. The strength of victory can't do it. I have Dallas fifth. Jacksonville sixth over Detroit, who's mad they're not on the graphic. Nice win by the Dallas Cowboys last night. That's where we'll start. Willie Colon joins us, SNY and Fox Sports. Uh, what's up, man? Good to see you.
1: Always, man. Happy Thanksgiving. I know we're past that right now, but I didn't get a chance to say Happy Thanksgiving, so I'm going to say it now. I know it's a big holiday for you, so I respect it. It's right. One of my favorite. Oh, it's one of the holidays I take pride in not wearing underwear because I'm just, I'm out there, loose, gobble, <laughs> gobble,
0: And That's how I feel like you are, just your spirit is kind of like <laughs> that. Uh, are you an April Happy New Year's guy? What's the cutoff for you?
1: Uh I stopped celebrating ap- uh, uh April Fools, man, when uh when a when a fat chick once told me that uh you know I, I slept with her best friend and it was an April Fool's thing. And I so it messed me up. I don't know why. It's a long story.
0: Yeah, me I up. don't know how we even got there, but thank you for the added <laughs> <laughs> to this. Uh, for anyone offended by that description, you're allowed to say it because you at times right. been on the heavier side, right? So
1: hey, <laughs> lived in 300 land for a long time. Ever get to four? Close, close. And that's when I had to come to Jesus moment. I just put down yeah, the chips.
0: We, we talked about it. did you get any stronger at least?
1: That's the problem. I could pack the muscle, but the muscle doesn't it is it's not it's not conducive to the scale. Like it's, it's it's you know it's you know you're getting big, I know most big guys uh can attest when like I know I'm at my heaviest when like I start contemplating if I'm gonna sleep on the couch or in my own bed. <laughs>
0: it's just just too much effort I can't I can't make it happen um I had a stat with you that I was going to share uh and I'll share it for you at the end we have we have a stat for you that I want to share stat of the day okay let's uh let's start Cowboys because that was another great game from Dak Uh, we know what the stats are we know what the offense is capable of I was not looking forward to a Seahawks win where somehow people were going to sit here and and re uh litigate the legacy of Dak Prescott but You know, we know they don't have the resume as far as the wins are concerned, but I guess I'm just – I kind of want to see a little of a playoff run from him despite my own resistance to put him among the very top guys that that show where his stats are. I also didn't want to see him catch shit all day today because they lost after giving up 30 or what would have been even more had they lost that game.
1: Yeah, I think think you're spot on with that, especially after he suffered that horrific loss against the Niners. You know, you talk about the punt, interception, interception, and then for like two weeks because it led into a bye – all you heard about was Dak being awful. Is he it? Will he ever arrive? And how much the 49ers are a thorn in his side. I think last night gave me one indication that he's playing at a, a level of confidence that I don't think we've ever seen before. I think the best pass he threw was the one that was really an incomplete pass by C.D. Lamb. Uh, where it was too high. It's, it, it, I think it, it's it looked like they dropped seven. And with this ultimate, you know, arrogance, he's just like, I'm going to fire this thing. He fires it at CD. He actually hits CD in the hands, and he drops it. Um, and I'm just like, this dude's got some cojones. Like, he just, he's just sees the field. Everybody's eating. And to go, you're talking about out of nine possessions, they score eight on eight of them, right? And I th- I'm just thinking, like, I don't think I've ever seen Dak play like this. And I don't know if because he has a baby on the way, and I don't know if it's, it's, it's because Mike McCarthy's, you know, Mike McCarthy, the more they win, the fatter he gets, which I love, by the way. That, t- that <laughs> just tells me he's having a good time. Right, like he's enjoying the perks of being a Dallas Cowboys head coach. Like more barbecue, more wins. It all goes together. So I, uh, I just love it, man. I just, I just love the way that in the fashion in which he's playing, CD looks like a monster. Like even with the first touchdown that CD uh, scored on, it was like a double post. They cleared out the first safety, and he just comes right across the face of the corner, and Dak just fires that thing before he even uh, CD gets out of that break. And the timing and the rapport he has with this receiver his receiving crew. I just love it, man. I think, and I'm not even a Cowboys fan, but I can honestly say they're fun to watch. Like, last night was just a fun game to watch. Now, the defense has some serious issues. right? you give up 20, 21 points in the first half, forget about it. Like, that, you can't win a championship looking like that. And for some reason, you know, I don't know if you, I know you pay attention to it, but it, it was, and I'm just pivoting quickly. It's Chiefs versus Broncos. Broncos beat the Chiefs, and if Patrick Mahomes and the pressure goes. I think there's, they figure out a blueprint on how to beat us. Well, now I think there's a blueprint on how to stop Michael Parsons because the one play he jumped off the film was the one play that he didn't get blocked on, right? Like there this time, because you got to figure, he's 255 pounds. Now he's hella explosive. He, and I think he has like a 60% win rate uh, one-on-one, uh, you know, on, on blocks. But nevertheless, man, you see him at times get caught up in the wash. You see him at times if, if a guy, if a tackle or guard counters his first moves, he gets he gets stagnant he gets kind of derailed a little bit but he's a monster right like you leave him one on one 9 out of 10 times he's going to win but last night I thought he didn't I I was expecting him to pop off the tape a lot earlier especially in the first half and he didn't um and that's and that's what it was man
0: so you know I don't want to I don't want to push back against an offensive lineman here on the Micah Impact but I felt like at times last night there's still He's still disrupting it, so maybe he's 100%. not getting there. He's not making the play, but you're still like freaked out, especially with the way they have to use him. Well, so, I, think it,
1: I also think, he, I mean, Dan Quinn, he just fired, he just fired his gun. It was like they were Gino was under pressure all night, um, and you and you 100 percent right. Like just because you get the sack, that doesn't mean you're not effective. So I want to, I don't want to put that out there, but I only say that just because there's been so much of this talking, like, well, he's the heir apparent to Lawrence Taylor. Right. And, and there's not a tape. And I grew up a Giants fan. No matter who was on Lawrence or what situation he was, he popped off the tape. He was like, well, there goes Lawrence Taylor again. And a little bit you saw that out of Micah. But I think my expectation for him because of the type of pass rusher he is I just expect more. So this is me just kind of wanting more.
0: I'm glad you brought up the offensive numbers because, look, right now, today you wake up, they're number one in scoring offense in the NFL. The CeeDee Lamb thing, you know, I loved him out of college. And then you wonder, like, is it he going to be one of those guys? And, man, he he feels like he is one of those guys. Uh, we know they've had the injury issues in the secondary. But I think the most important thing is that, like, last year, if you look at interception percentage on just throws in general, like Dak won on an interception fest when he came back last year. He was at 3.8%, but that was an yeah, aberration. Team, right was so year, far right? beyond – Yeah. I mean, he's usually in the ones on that number and he's back to, he's back to where he's been uh, for his career. He actually does take care of the football better, but last year was so bad. The Jacksonville game where it was like, man, he could have had a couple others in there. And then you were starting to think like, whatever you think Dak's limitations are, you don't really expect him to make these awful, like, Carson Wentz type picks where, you know, some of Wentz numbers when you look back, you're like, "Wait, he was that bad because the numbers look good." It's like, "No, you had to watch it and be like, "What are you doing? This is devastating stuff." And Dak had some of those moments last year, but I didn't know that that's who he was. But here's what I I want to take it into because when we grew up, you know, being a little bit older, you're watching the NFL all season and you're trying not to get tricked by certain things some of the run and shoot stuff the k-gun but look the k-gun worked you know it's not like just because they didn't win a super bowl (laughs) you know i hate when we're like oh this doesn't work you're like it doesn't work like it kind of works it just may not work in the last game but we always knew the rule was the weather slowing it down these defense the way teams were built you had to run the football i haven't believed in that now for years what do you think is the single most important thing that you have to excel in as a football team today to be taken seriously as a team who can make a Super Bowl run?
1: Oh, wow. Um, you know, it's, it's tough because I know we talked about, you know, before we got on, we talked a little bit behind the curtain on this question. And I've been stewing on it as I, you know, had a five minute argument with my wife about, um, you know, leaving a refrigerator open. Um it's uh, it's interesting because I look at offenses now, and I think the one X factor has to be a tight end, man. I think to win a championship, you need a tight end, and I look at the impact of Kittle, Kelsey, even Noah Fant last night had a couple big catches, and what he did for Geno, especially in the middle of the field. Um, you can even go to Ferguson, who I thought had a monster game last night. He's by the way, he may be one of the toughest tight ends in all of football. He took a couple shots last night. I thought he was gonna get knocked out of the goddamn game. Like I, me and my wife. Uh, uh, we're sitting at the bed, and my wife is is a football head. She's a diehard Saints fan, and so she gets on my nerve enough. But she popped out of bed. She was like, I don't know who 87 is, but he's a goddamn dog. I was like, you're right, honey, he is, right? Because he took a shot, I think it was on a tight end screen, and he pops up, and he goes right in the face of Jamal Adams in that secondary. And I was like, this kid got some cojones, right? Because and where I come from, a tight end like that kind of peacocking, you're going to miss your front teeth by the fourth quarter, right? And obviously, it's a different NFL, like obviously, we have to adjust. But I, I I just go back to me being an old man on the porch. So I'm like, if there was a tight end that stood up in a situation like that, like he's going to be drinking soup for a month. You know what I mean? Like he's going to be eating soup. So I I love his moxie and that toughness that he showed, man. But I, I think you got any, a tight end is for me. And I go back to George Kittle, and that's why it's so his impact in this game, his ability to block on the edge. be You know, and now let me pivot back. One of the best teammates I ever had. Like you, there's always that, and I know you've dealt with this question. If you was ever in a back alley and you needed one teammate, who would you bring with you? Right? Obviously, you, you I will take James Harrison. But number two, or maybe a one, a b, will probably be Heath Miller. Heath Miller, for me, by far, bro, and I'm not even bullshitting you, was an absolute dog. Like, what's the when you put dog in a in a dictionary, and like what describes a dog? A dog is the ability to be tenacious when nobody gives you a fucking shot. Here goes this fucking 6'4", white guy tight in, right, who we left on the island against T-Sizzle, Tyrell Suggs, at his best, right? Time after time, we would leave Ty, uh, um, Keith Miller on one-on-one blocks, and he would just battle, man, and battle. And by the way, get out on a little skinny, you know, on an angle right or a drag and get a 10-year-old ball. And he was the ultimate security blanket for Ben. And on top of that, he didn't care what the job was. He just got it done. So there's certain tight ends, and and mind you, okay, I'm a little bit of homer here. He's my mold, right? He's all I know is being a great tight end. So when I look at the George Kittles and when I look at, you know, Kelsey, when I look at even, I know Bronx retired, there's certain checklists I feel like to be a great tight end or part of a great offense, you got to be tough. You got to be able to catch the ball down the middle, go figure. And you got to be selfless. So some jobs jobs you're going to walk into, like, man, I don't know if I'm going to come out this one alive. But it's the mentality to say, I'm just going to go out and do it. Whatever happens, happens. Those are the kind of tight ends I've always been accustomed to playing with. And Heath Miller, man, by all account, he's – I know for a fact that my playoff run, my Super Bowl year, if we don't have Heath Miller on that damn field, where even with as great as our defense was, he was such a bolt in our offense. If he's not on the field, we don't win. Because how much he meant to the offensive line of protection, how big he was in run game, and how much he meant to Ben in the pass game. So for me, you know, outside of arguing with my wife cuz I left the fridge open, he was the fir- that was the first thing that popped in my head.
0: Yeah, he was feeling himself Ferguson after that. That go ahead touch was funny. He, I love it. he was and then he was he when he was in the end zone, he was looking for the corner. He was like looking for him, you know. <laughs> I and loved it. I was Hell like, yeah. "Man, uh, yeah, big kid." Okay, so that's a great answer. Let's uh, let's stay on that a bit. When you think about different offenses that you've played in, um you know we spend a lot of time kind of from the outside of like oh charting plays and you know like charting is easy until adjustments are made so you can't chart everything um there's some coaches we think are really good with it and there's other coaches who feel like they just don't adapt to anything what are the best experiences that you've had like when you were if you were sitting there going hey this is what we should have as an offense the the, the checklist of an offense not necessarily just the tight end part but the coaching part of it or how versatile you could be or what you were looking to do on third down, knowing kind of how a game plays out. What are the things that you think back to?
1: You know, to be honest, one, if, you, if, you, if anybody ever paid attention to me, um, just solely me, one of the things I struggled with was staying on side and, and, and not holding at times, right? Because I was just a brawler and I never loved to keep my hands inside. I like to sh- shake the dog shit out of defenders. Um, but one thing aspect, I think, from uh, a weapon standpoint is being able to use the cadence. Um, a quarterback with a short cadence gets the job done, um, and I and it's weird to say like, well, doesn't everybody have a great cadence? Like Aaron Rodgers' cadence is is is, is beastly, right? Like the the fact what, that what what
0: makes it so good? Like, give me give me an example of of what it. I mean, I we know what we hear on TV, but why right. is it so good?
1: Because a lot of times when you break the huddle, man, it's about getting the offense up, and you use the cadence to smoke out a defense because sometimes the, these defenses are so intricate and there's no much disguise and emotion change from zone to man. And sometimes, like, if it, just a quick plan, it's only because I'm saying this is in my head. Like, if you go to uh, Buffalo, Miami, I think Miami, uh, Buffalo is playing cover two, but they're clamping the backside. So they're leaving the backside corner one-on-one with Tyreek. And you know Tua's first option is, is Tyreek. But because, because uh, it, it, they disguised it so well, Tua held on to the ball a lot. But then you – so if you pivot on, Tua realized, like, I got to see what's going on before I let this ball go. So you started to know Tua's cadence started to change. And what he was doing really well at the time, even though they lost that game and they couldn't keep up in Buffalo, obviously dominant that game, went on the win. Tua did a great job of really going into hard counts early on downs to kind of get the defense to reveal their hands so he could see where he had the matchups and who was clamping and who was not and different stuff like that. So for me – a quarterback with a good, hard cadence. You see, like, if you go back to Tim Boyle, Tim Boyle against Miami for uh, the 3 o'clock game Friday, his cadence was probably one of his top we- weapons, right? Because he was able to kind of get guys on the ball, smoke out the defense, and really try to get guys to jump and use that as a weapon within the offense. And on top of that, I think number two, you know, I came from a dual system, which is double teams across the board, right? So when I was at Pittsburgh, we had a play called 22 and 23 double. And it was just front side guard, Double to the linebacker. Uh, a lot of times it was the center, left guard double team. Sometimes the backside tackle by himself on a base block, or we had the tight end or whatever on the backside. That's kind of a, like a little caveat. Nevertheless, anytime you get two two big bodies on one big body, it it it, it, call, it causes mayhem, right? Because if you, it's not about getting those early chunks. It's about setting that up for the fourth quarter. And so with in BA's offense, Bruce Aaron's, we we had we used the dual blocking system and we pretty much leaned on it that i mean that took us all the way to the super bowl because it allowed us to get off the ball allowed us to kind of impose our will and allowed us to really dictate how we want to run the ball it wasn't them dictating us and we and we, we practiced so much any you know different variations of defense against it that we became really good at um so cadence check uh run game and i think three uh i think for number three for me is just being aggressive on first down, man. Like, not being afraid to, like, you go back to Detroit, Green Bay. You're talking about Jordan Love out the gate, bang, Christian Watkins Rock- down the field. Like, for me, having that mentality, like, we're not going to – because you know how – Ryan, you know football. There's a 15 script, right? It's 15. We, no matter what happens, we're going to get through this 15. And sometimes if the first play isn't successful, you kind of pivot back. On path depends on what happens in the first play. But for me, it's being aggressive on first and second down. For me, is always important. Just getting out the gate, being aggressive, and not trying to always set things up. Going, out, going for the knockout shot in different points of a game, especially early in the game, I think means a lot. It sets the tempo for the offense.
0: Who do you like in San Francisco, Philly?
1: I like Philly. I like Philly. I like the fact that they're talking trash. I like that fact that they, um, you know, I think they've proven they can win ugly. They've they've either tied or trailed a lot second half. Jalen Hurts has been money. I think this offensive line. Even I I know Lane Johnson's dealing with the groin. He's going to play. I'm not worried about that. Um, but for me, it's it's it comes down to Jalen Hurts and his run game, man. If, and I know it's like, oh Willie, cliche. Why wouldn't you want to run the ball? I think if you go to the second half of that game against Buffalo when they, when DeAndre Swift had the ball in his hand, they start running the ball. It changed the whole outcome of the game. It was just a different offense. I mean, the first half of that game against Buffalo, Philly was asleep. I, I think Jalen Hurts was like four for eleven 33 yards. Like we was like, what the hell's what the hell's wrong with Philly? And then they started giving DeAndre Swift the ball, and they really started leaning on the run game. And I think that just opened up so much for them. I I listen, I think it's gonna be a dogfight. It's supposed to be rain. Brock Purdy's talking about if it rains, he's gonna wear a glove. Who knows? But I think right now, I just like Philly and their attitude right now. I think they've they've been forced to win in different variations and they've proven to themselves. That they can get it done, despite all the injuries, despite all the up and downs, probably emotionally a little bit, um, they've been right where. And I know people want to call them lucky, right? You're talking about MVS Monday night, he drops that big pass until about last week. Gabe Davis, he's wide open third down. Uh, Josh Allen missed him, on and on. So there's 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 a lot of nuances, but I just I just like where Philly's at right now.
0: Yeah, there's numbers. I mean, look, you can do this really with any team where you go, okay, well, what's going on here with the pass defense? Like, if you look at it, they're 29th in pass yards allowed, they're second worst in passing touchdowns allowed, yep. but then you think, okay, is it the passing yardage Is that built up in the fact that there's just, you know, there's certain teams like here's, here's a, here's a tell before I kind of finish my thought here there'll be times like late in the season where a team's terrible and they're like, yeah, but their pass defense is terrific. And it's like, well, because no one has to throw against them in the second half. (laughs) That that number doesn't mean anything. And I wonder if part of the issue with some of the secondary stuff with the Eagles is that you know you're going to have to throw to kind of keep up with them. Um, I've always liked that they're, they're multiple, meaning that you know, whether it was the Minnesota drives or I was like, Oh my God, they're just gouging these dudes right now. They didn't even have to throw the football. And I think that was part of the frustration. If you're an Eagles fan with the first half, it's like yeah, those runs might be there. They're, they might be there despite, you know, I think the depth of the bills D line, but there's some passing defensive numbers that don't make a ton of sense. They bring in Bayard. So that tells you that they're doing their own self-evaluation of like, we need something back here. And I, Look, it's not like I'm watching the All-22 of him. I know what his rep was in Tennessee. We know that he's been declining a bit. There's certain clips where I'm like, he looks like he's overmatched, but he's in the right position. Um, Maybe there's been a couple plays in there from him that make you feel a little bit better about it long-term. I clearly like San Francisco just because I think they're the best team in football. I I just do. Uh, Maybe I'm overlooking a bad month, but the fact that Purdy's come back to to I mean, they're three and zero. They three and zero coming off the bye, and what they was able to do um, against Jacksonville,
1: I think, still means something. And I think the fact that they've got Chase Young, um, and they finally, and it's it's tough to say that because you talk about Hargrave and Armstead, and you talk about Bosa, you think that's enough to get it done, but obviously it wasn't. But now that they got Chase Young, it's like, all right, now we can because they don't they don't blitz right; they cover and they let their front four go to work. So the fact that they're now able to get home and get pressure with that four, man. Um, I think the game is going to be one of the trenches, and I know it's like kind of football one-on-one. That's what you say, but I really believe that. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a dog fight.
0: Yeah, and the lane part of it'll be big because it definitely seemed like an issue early. And I've seen that guy play with the groin injury in the past. From like, I cannot believe a guy that big, that athletic, is still making this kind of impact, knowing he's hurting that bad. Now, you know, unless, unless you know him, like, hey, how bad is it actually? But there are times where. You'll see him in the play, and he looks great. And then after the play, he looks awful right? because he's just trying to like get himself Folded back together. set up. Yeah. And you're like, God. So yeah. we've at least seen him play really hurt with this injury that's been lingering for a while. But, I mean, he's so good. He's so important to what they do. Uh, and, you know, look, the hurts part of it, it, it hasn't been pretty as much uh, lately. McShay was just raving about him on the pod on Monday because he just put him – I don't know if it if it came across as he was trying to compare him to Mahomes because I don't think any of us actually think he's Mahomes level because I just wouldn't put anybody else with Mahomes. So that's that's an aside, but that there's this feeling of when you're watching the Eagles game and with him, and certainly AJ and Devontae are going to win enough too to give you options that you're like, hey, you still kind of feel like you're in it, which might be the biggest compliment you can give any quarterback in the league.
1: You know what's interesting? Like I, I go back to that third and fifteen where he he drops a dime in the back of the end zone for a touchdown, um, like I. <laughs> It's tough. Like, I, I love Jalen Hurts. I know a lot A lot has talked about his poise and, you know, he's probably, you've, you've heard Colin say it on the herd. like he's, he's the best, uh, I guess, presser quarterback out there. He always says the right things. He's always stoic in the moment. He's always kind of, you know, calm and collected. But I also think there's an aspect of him where he, he since he started, I, the knee is healthier, obviously, because you see him scrambling, extend plays with his legs. But I also think there's a part of him, man, that just and I think it goes back to his time getting benched in the national championship game when Tua came in there. I think there's a, part, there's a part of him where it's like fuck it, like just like let's just go. You know what I mean? Like there's there's like I've I seen it with Ben.
0: You're right though. You're right. It's absolutely what I need from. If you're going to be really good, I need you to have that moment where you go, "This is I'm making this throw."
1: That and I've seen it and, and last and I've seen it time after time. But I think last week against Buffalo was like, there it goes. There goes that fuck it. Like I'm just. I'm, I'm scrambling left, ball in my hand, it's raining. The place is going on fire. I, Josh Allen is, looks like a goddamn wild cowboy out here. I got to be the guy to make the play. And he says, fuck it, and lets it rip. Bang, back at the end zone, touchdown. And I'm just like, that's what it takes to play in this league. Not as a quarterback, but as a football player. Because there's plenty of times I know it's been like short yardage. Willoughby, got to come to your side. And as much as I know what the technique is, as much as I know my assignment is, I got a big dog in front of me. I got to chew through his chest. And I'm going to say, fuck it. And if I get an M.E. on it or if I blow the assignment, I just know I got to get after his ass. And I think every football player needs that kind of that, that cord of fuck it in you to just go get it. And uh, when I saw that play, that was that fuck it moment. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just, I'm going to throw it. If it's there, it's there. Fuck it. Let's just go. And I love it.
0: Okay. There's also some defensive numbers there with Philly where on the season they rank really good against the run, but the last couple games. But then when you add it up and you you dig a little bit deeper, these Mahomes scrambles are killing everybody because it's just like, wait, now this guy's going to do this whenever you need it. So it's about 120 yards combined from the quarterbacks the last couple of weeks. I want to talk about Tyreek Hill a little bit. Uh, I know we mentioned football since. Look, he's an opinionated guy. He's got a lot of stuff to say. Uh, He said recently that he felt like this Dolphins team is way better on paper than the Kansas City team that won a Super Bowl against the Niners uh, a few years ago. I went back and looked at the stats, and actually Miami's better in scoring. Uh, the scoring defense, Kansas City was like shockingly a little bit better than I think people remember because there's been some bad KC defenses during this Mahomes run. And now there's no Jalen Phillips from Miami who I, I think is probably their, their steadiest, you know, most impactful guy every single week when he was playing. Um, and now he's going to be out. It's not even about the debate because it's not like, cause, because because it, it gets decided on the Mahomes to a thing. Like you want to tell me there's a couple more guys. If you were comparing rosters, maybe, but I think there's some young guys in this chiefs defense that are going to be names for, for years to come. Uh, but the more interesting thing I have to ask you is wh- what is that like when you have a teammate who cannot help himself? Like I. C- I know I know it was like an old lineman. Nobody really ever wanted to hear from you. You probably had some thoughts, but you might, might not have the scrum around your locker the, uh, after a game from the media. <laughs> what What is that like? I, mean, I know some people may even say Antonio Brown, but he was he was simply he was a tadpole with you then. He was yeah, not yeah. fully formed, Antonio Brown. Correct. So, is there is there someone you think about that? Like you probably liked it. You've already said twice on this pod you like when people talk shit, but. This is usually not something you're supposed to do in the NFL world, but now everybody has platforms, so it's happening. What do you have for us going back with guys you played with?
1: Well, I got first of all, I got to put me in that category because that was me. When I got to the New York Jets, you know, I had got to a team that I thought was, you know, in Nick, you know, Brickshaw Ferguson, Nick Mangles at center. I was playing with Rex, who you know, prior to him being the head coach of the New York Jets, he was defensive coordinator with the Ravens. So I'm like, all right, we got some dogs in the house. And when I got to New York, man, the, the locker room was a little bit of a shell of themselves because they had gutted out all the OGs. So during my time as a Jet, being in the room with Nick and Brick, all I could do was talk about where I came from and what I did, and how I was going to the playoffs every year, and I was playing with historic defense, and how the culture and the family and the Rooney's, yada yada yada. And I remember in the, um, in the practice room and I started to kind of start some type of analogy about what I did in Pittsburgh compared to what's going on with the Jets. And I remember Nick Mango, who I love, by the way, goes, hey, cut the fucking court. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, cut the court. Like, we don't need to hear about your days in Pittsburgh. We don't need to hear about your, your Super Bowl, your, your two Super Bowls, win one, lost one. Like, cut the court. You're a Jet now. Or, or are you not? And I remember, bro, I was in the room like, like I clutched my pearls. I was like, huh? like, like, what do you, what do you mean? And he's like, cut the fucking cord. He's like, you're a Jet now. You're from New York. You know, you went to Hofstra. The Jets shared this, uh, they were on the same campus on you, uh, on the same campus as Hofstra when you was at Hofstra. You're a Jet. Cut the fucking cord. And I remember going home. <laughs> I remember going home and I was like, you know, as I'm polishing my third Modelo, uh, I was like, I was like, damn. I guess, I guess he's right, because nobody wants to hear. It. Like, listen, like if you're Ty- Tyreek Hill, the divorce ended perfectly. Like, you found the quarterback in Miami. You're on pace to being breaking the NFL receiving record, right? Uh, by the way, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl when you left, and they're, and they're in they're good shape. You got the hot girl, and they remain hot.
0: Yeah, look, I don't. I think it's. You funny haven't been in that situation,
1: you're... like as a as it worked with somebody, like oh yeah, my previous employer, we did what you know they taught. They kind of rule, They had this romantic conversation time after time about their time, and he's like, "Dude, you're with us now. Either you, either you, either you're here or you're not." And I really, as a as a jet, my first year as a jet, I legit had to make. I had to like, I had to check myself. Like, let's not talk about Pittsburgh no more.
0: I can't say I have anything that's remotely as important as that as being on another team. But yeah, I mean, Spotify pulled me aside after a couple of years and they were like, look, we got it. You worked at ESPN. It's it's been covered. No, I'm just kidding. There was (laughs) was never, there was never, although I probably talked about it far too often, but I don't know. Sometimes they work out to be great stories. I think the bigger thing is like, as a man, well, hell, I didn't even know if this is male specific, Um, but probably is. I would say I, no, I actually, I shouldn't just limit it to men, but I think no matter what, it gets really hard when somebody tells you to not do something, and then you have to have the internal debate of, like, your first reaction is like, fuck you, right? And yeah. it's That's like, Wait, what, if, what if Nick Mangold is making a great point? But then the other problem is, is what if it's a good point, but this guy's a loser, not <laughs> Nick, but this guy's a loser, and then he's, he is seeking this leadership role, right? right? Like, when I, whenever I think about the tunnel, like when I was watching – Michigan and Ohio State, and I saw like somebody from Michigan like going crazy, and he was like sitting there and he's pointing whatever, and then I immediately looked up his number. I was like, I bet you that guy doesn't play, and I was like, Yep, he didn't play. He like (laughs) never plays. This is this is the most energy he's going to expend all afternoon, right? And I was like, It's always the guys that don't play. Oh yeah, and so luckily it's Nick Mangold, terrific player, great career, arguably all
1: famous.
0: Yeah, right, but it's. It's sometimes it's not even about the message; it's the messenger, and there's really nothing worse. Like I can, I can just already vision what the Russell Wilson first year experience was oh. in Denver to see how many times guys hit were just over him in a game. Like that was crazy, and like credit to to them getting at least back on the rails. But I could see the new guy, and at least he had had a resume to be able to feel like he could say some of these things, but I'm sure it got real old real quick based on previous experiences. If you're going to say something like that to you, it has to be Nick Mangle, is my point.
1: A hundred percent. And that, and But that was, it's, it's, it's such a, it's so poignant because I think that was the biggest issue with Rex's last year as a Jet. There were too many guys who had resumes that needed a correction or maybe a slap on the ass that he didn't give to solely because of their resume, and I hated that aspect of it. Like sometimes, just because you played, you have the Pro Bowls and you've have playoff, you know, wins or experience, and you have the contracts to kinda, that kind of that kind of tag along your name, and you went to certain school doesn't mean you're not in not at fault. Like you, you still have to be corrected in year nine or ten. But because sometimes a guy has a little bit of longevity and they have a career, that coach is like, "Well, he'll figure it out." That's how, that's how good teams end up losing late in the seasons. Like, there ne- always needs to be correction along the way. It doesn't matter what your resume looks like. And I was, like, my biggest issue with Rex. Like, certain guys had a resume, so he felt like, oh, they'll figure it out. Like, because they played long enough. Like, no. Like, football's football. Either you're doing it right or you're not. Either you're doing your job or you're not. Um, and, that, and that's and – that, but you're right. Would I have received that from a guy who was on the team two years prior? For me getting there it was like, hey Willie, by the way, won't you come to court? I probably be like listen. I will slap you in your mouth in front of everybody. Don't ever talk to me like that again, right? But it was, <laughs> the fact that it was Nick Mangold. I was like, yeah, okay, nah, okay.
0: <laughs> and I can see, like, I didn't. I've only interacted with Mangold a couple times. I don't pretend to know him. You would have to be reminded who I was. But you could see that he wasn't exactly a guy that was going to like waste words.
1: No, you know. And, and by the way, he. I mean, he's. He's he, that was he was king in that house, right? So you'd rather hear it from the king than a peasant. So, when, like you said, once again, I received it. I went to well, I went to battle with the man. So we know each other. We've had booze. We've hung out. We've we've shared barbecue. He knows my family. I know his family. Prior to prior to me getting married, I had my side chicks at his house. So we have a uh, we have a relationship. So yeah, clearly, yeah, <laughs> so clearly, clearly. Yeah. Yes,
0: so, yes, so
1: clearly he uh, we 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 got each other. So he, he was, he had all the, I guess, room to tell me to shut the fuck up and cut the cord and welcome to New York.
0: Okay. We'll leave you with this. It's our stat. When we were, we were asking you if you got stronger when you're 400 pounds, um, there was a stat about people in the world who could bench 225 pounds once one rep at 225. Do you want to guess what percent of people on earth can do one rep of 225?
1: Wow. One rep? one rep like full rep or
0: like we're doing like me head ymca rep like kind of don't worry about the full range of motion here we're just okay. thinking there's like almost eight billion of us yeah a lot of people don't work out remember what percentage of people must, must, i'm just i'm just doing
1: i mean off the top of my head maybe 20 percent.
0: oh my god <laughs> what do you what do you we think we're in viking times no <laughs> I just come from a uh, big
1: family. Like, I just (laughs) yeah.
0: Maybe you were the wrong guy to ask. (laughs) It is 0.75, not even 1% of the globe's population can do one. I actually think, yeah, 20 is absurd. I mean, if it was 20, I'd stay stay home more often. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hey, uh, enjoy the weekend, man. Enjoy the football. We'll catch up soon. Respect my brother. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Royal Caribbean. What are you going to do for your next vacation? Beach, island hopping, hiking, a little culture? Choose Royal Caribbean and you can go on all the vacations at once. That's the point. You want to go to Greece? How about they get you there? Everywhere else. I've looked at the Alaska packages. Alaska inside package, Alaska experience cruise, Vancouver, round trip, one way out of Seattle. They have it all. They make it easier for you with adventure at every stop. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Visit royalcaribbean.com to learn more. The Alliance gears up for Conference Championship Weekend. We have Kyle from Poughkeepsie. Uh, also, Steve is on the show. What's up, man? Good to see you. Yeah, coming live
2: from the crown jewel. Um, really enjoying my time, but a little milder today. It's been pretty brick, uh, as we used to say when I lived here. And um, it's, it's, it's a beautiful day. My dad's turning 60. Going to run out grab some steaks. Going to make some exciting appetizers. Um,
0: just great to be back. You have a big oh, smile man. on your face, and I have a big smile on my face because of your smile. So, oh, yeah, you were you were tweeting about the Hudson Valley last night. You were going deep on the rankings. You were just oh, yeah. letting everybody know, yeah, uh, which I, I appreciated. Okay, um, so there's apparently some controversy that Steve would like to bring forth to the Alliance for an official yep. ruling about something that happened last week. So the floor is yours.
3: Well, so uh, I took... Jaden Daniels over two and a half touchdown passes last week, which hit against Texas A and M. But the folks at Fanduel, after we taped, because you know they put out the video, they make a graphic, and you could obviously look at it on the app or the website, and 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 you know play along with us and take our parlay, right? The Alliance Parlay. They told me that unfortunately, like some of these props, they don't apply to every state. So they're like, so we can get something in for every state. Can you give us another bet, just like a spread or a, a plain spread or a total? So I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. So I gave them the over in LSU, Texas A&M, which also hit. So technically, I was 2-0 and last week. And I need to, <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I gave two picks and both of them hit. So I, and this is a democracy, I'm willing to be overruled, but I personally feel like I was 2-0 and last week and should have two wins on the resume. Listen,
2: if I wanted to give anybody an extra win, it would be you, buddy. That's for sure. <laughs> and so, you know, I feel like that, uh, what's that guy that caught in Providence judge who's just a great guy and she's just like yeah you know you'll be fine just uh you know keep it keep it under keep it under 60. i think it's fine actually i know ryan did this last year and i wish he wish he did it earlier than he did it but
3: what can you do
0: okay but what i didn't do last year <laughs> was tell you after the segment that i had an extra win i gave <laughs> all all right, so you, you think th-
3: you think if i went one to oh if I missed one of them, I would have just say, hey, I hit one bet and, I, you know, and not take the loss. You think because I went 2-0, I'm trying to
0: claim two? Yeah, there's no way if you went 1-1, one one, you'd be like, hey, can you make sure I'm 1-1? One one? Or if you well, the- missed the Daniels one, you'd be like, hey, guys, I also have another loss. I'll just say it. It has nothing to do with how I feel about Cerruti. I think that's, that's well documented. This is such a bad proposal. I don't. I can't even believe you're doing this. <laughs> I'm desperate, man. I'm desperate.
3: Like My record's not great. Now that you mention it, just like, oh, it actually turned out well, so let's bring it up. That's a little weird. That's different than, that's different than throwing out three picks. I don't appreciate you guys. I have
0: integrity, okay? I would have. That's told not you if integrity. I this, is the, this is the opposite of integrity. This what do insane. you mean? I would have told you if I went 0-2 as well. You don't think I would have told you that I went 0-2? You wouldn't have been asking for us to tack on another loss on your record as you and Kyle are battling it out for second.
3: That might be true.
0: Um, <laughs> we know listen, it's true because no, I love you, but nobody would do that.
3: All right. So, so that's the difference between me being five and 10 and four and 10. And, uh, so I'm still game behind Kyle, I guess. So you know, listen, it's, I've been overruled. It's fine. I, it's a democracy. I'm, I, I, I proposed it and I've been shut down. I have accepted the ruling.
0: I'm so confident in this ruling. I don't think anyone's going to have your side. Like no, right, one. I'm, I'm going to get a text no. from Stanford Steve being like, I can't believe he tried to do that.
3: Only one person went two and zero in their bets in one week. So just saying, <laughs> just saying, <laughs> okay
2: this is like a this is like a going out to dinner counting you know i didn't have any of those appetizers so this is know. not that at all this it's is an, not that at all it's in the same vein i think i mean it's like after the fact i, you know, I picked two how does this game, work out two better for last me now okay. i picked
3: two things i hit them both i don't know you know kyle what's your official vote you, you've swayed me i say no now now no. i say no he was on board too man i was i was shocked in the beginning
0: because i was ready to lose all right. two to one yeah well, all right well,
3: unfortunately, uh, I believe Ryan was the were you the only one wrong last week?
0: Yeah, I got it wrong last week. So um so, I'll go last. That's fine. Uh, Your Honor. All right, Kyle, kick it off. Kick
2: it yeah, off. Yeah, Steve actually wanted to go last before we got on the so I'll I'll go. That's fine. I'm gonna keep it in the ACC this week. I've been going back and forth between Louisville and Florida State. My brother is up here from Florida State. I think I I think I gotta go. I did a little bit of research. Um, the backup quarterback for Florida State who's name i forgot in my research but he uh <laughs> he he's been an acc guy he's played louisville he's played some of these guys so it's not like it's not like um it's not like bad news has come down the pike at least so i think i think i'll take the florida state the odds just drop from two and a half minus two and a half to minus one and a half so i mean they might as well take take this uh actually might as well take the money line because what's the difference let's take the money
3: line minus 111 florida state over louisville i can't wait till like a field goal to win by one all right, I, I've been kicking around a couple of things. Ugh. Both so the games I'm looking at I like is the OK State, Texas game, and I'm, and I'm also looking at Michigan, Iowa. The Michigan, Iowa over under. Currently it's 34 and a half. I, that seems dangerous to take an under there. I know Iowa might not score, but Michigan could just win thirty-five nothing in this game, and then I then I lose. So I'm going to stay away from that because I'm just scared. But I you, don't know you how you anybody. Bench-
0: by the way, can you imagine betting either side of the Iowa total? I can't imagine what would be the six a and more, a half a more annoying <laughs> time because, like, at least on the over, you're going to keep pretending you have a chance for three hours. But if you bet the under, it's going to be so stressful. Of going like, oh, yep, just punt it here, just punt it like every single time, every return, you know, hoping there's never going to be a short field off of one turnover. I think it's betting miserable. the, I think betting the under would actually still be more miserable. But I don't know how anybody bets the over on Iowa in any game. I don't know how anybody bets because I think most of these absurd. I goals did that we I keep did it once seeing, this year. I and I did, you lost, I took, right? Penn, I
3: took Penn State Iowa. Yeah, and it was, and I think they, Iowa got shut out. I believe. Um, yeah, It was thirty-one nothing. Yep. So so good times. Good times there. All right. So I'll I'll just save everybody the the pain of having to to go through that. Give me. I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna take Texas minus fourteen and a half. Uh, this might be a sucker bet. This might be like a a loser bet and uh, on the uh, kind of the square side. But they've got to prove a point, right? They've got to you know they're they're gonna potentially be the four or the five depending on how things roll out here in the playoff in the final playoff ranking. So they're gonna have to make a statement. I know. Okay, uh, State can run the ball. I kind of like the over here too, but give me, I think Texas wins big. I just think they went big.
0: Uh, Yeah. I mean, here we are three favorites now. So now I don't feel great about this, Um, but I'm, look, it's a mill roll thing. I liked it at five and a half. It went to six and a half. I was worried about where the number was going to go. Um, And I know that, you know, as far as the pass catching core for Georgia could be a little bit more dinged up than maybe we realized could be, I don't know, gainsmanship on the injury report with Brock and. McConkey, So I'm just going to lay the five and a half because I I still feel like Carson Beck is completely overlooked in the quarterback conversation. And I just don't trust Melrose in the spot. I think for for Alabama to have a chance, they're going to have deep shots, Burton Bond. They're running the ball a little bit better, but overall, statistically on the season, you would say that's not what you'd expect from them Uh, Being able to run behind this offensive line, it's been kind of an issue, even if the short yardage stuff has been much more successful more recently. And then Milrow certainly can run. I mean, he's pretty dynamic there. And there's some other stuff to tell you that Bama's defense is actually better than you realize, but I still don't know that that front front terrorizes teams the way we thought it was going to consistently all season long. They closed hard against Ole Miss. They closed really well uh, against LSU. And I know Milrow had the LSU game. He had the Kentucky game. But like seeing the Auburn game where he didn't know he was past the line of scrimmage twice. That's the kind of stuff where I'm like, ah, I'll, I'll just lay the five and a half. And I love that it went back to five and a half. So that's the pick. Three favorites. No way that's going to work. But check out all the latest odds. Sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by Netflix. A gentleman always opens the door for you, but the gentlemen are just as likely to break it down and stash their drugs inside. The Gentleman, based on Guy Ritchie's award-winning film, is a new Netflix series that follows a whole new cast of criminal lords and ladies slumming it in Britain's criminal underworld. Guns out and pinkies up. Don't miss The Gentleman, now playing only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Cintas. In sports, you're always thinking of that next play. It's the same with business. Cintas has the products, people, and solutions that help keep you a step ahead. And your Cintas MVPs are the dedicated service reps who help make sure your team has what you need when you need it. They really got you covered. Cintas has workwear and apparel for almost any job imaginable. They have styles that are durable, comfortable, and great looking, and they'll deliver fresh uniforms back to your business every week. They'll deliver floor mats and restroom products and stock your essential cleaning supplies. They provide first aid supplies, safety training, and life-saving AED defibrillators. And then they'll even test and inspect your fire extinguishers, fire protection systems, and emergency exit lights. Visit Cintas.com and get ready for the workday. You want details? Bye. I
1: drive a Ferrari. 355 Cabriolet. What's up?
3: I have a ridiculous house in the South Fork. I have every toy you can possibly imagine. And best of all, kids, I am liquid. So, now you know what's possible.
0: Let me tell you what's required. Life Advice. The email address is lifeadvicerr at gmail.com. Kyle is going to stick around despite a festivity tonight for the family. Um, there's even a few Kyle ones that I saved, so maybe I'll find one of those. But uh, before what's we do the that, plan tonight? Oh yeah. All right. Let's discuss
2: plan tonight. Well, it's just a, we're going to do some dinner, throw some steaks on the grill. My dad's a big, don't want to do anything guy. But at the same, same time, like, doesn't that make you a bit of an asshole if you're like, yeah, actually I do want to blow this thing out. Uh, it's the 60th birthday. So there's actually a few less people coming than I would have hoped. Uh, that was not my idea, but I'm still going to cook the shit out of some steak and, uh, going to make my famous poppers. And, uh, I'm going to try a few new recipes. So wait, you up BJ's and big uh, popper's see what guy. I can
3: find. You're mad at him. You're mad at him for for being too chill about his birthday. <laughs> no, I'm mad at the people around
2: him for just admitting that. Like, we'll just do what he says. Like, come on,
3: it's his birthday. Let him do what he wants. He does. He want something low key. That's what I. To be honest, I
2: disagree. I think anybody who would say I want to do a big thing makes you would make you actually go backwards and be like, ah, eh, let's tone it down a little bit this year. But for a guy like great guy like my dad who's like, uh, you know, I don't really do, I don't want to do much. We'll just keep it. I was like, all right, fine. I'm not going to make you leave the house, but let's bring some buddies over, bring some of his friends. You know, they're still local guys. Doesn't seem like that's going to happen. So,
0: mm. all right, whatever. Do you think your 60th will be chill? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I hope not. There's no chance. That's the safest bet of all time. We should have had that in the Alliance, but it's not on the board. Will Kyle's 60th be chill? Long game bet. I'm a little tempted to follow up on these recipes you're dabbling with.
2: Um, Yeah, I got a prosciutto fig thing that I'm looking at. Maybe a little Mm. honey goat cheese in there. Uh, Just something that we could serve cold, refrigerate, prep early. Uh, Definitely the poppers, bacon wrap poppers. That always has to happen. A lot of people around here don't even know about them because I learned about how to perfect them later in life. So we'll definitely be doing a bunch of poppers. Um,
0: You've seen how good uh, poppers have gotten?
2: Sausage flowers, they're called. Uh, I'm thinking about doing that. That looks fun. A uh, little wonton crispy things with sausage and whatever in there. I'll, I'll have to look at the recipe again, but that got me a little excited. Doing some baked potatoes, chives, of course. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'll just, I, you know, might just get away from me when I get into BJ's. So we'll see.
3: This reminds me of a story. I got some shit from f- some family members because uh, at my daughter's first birthday party, my mom wanted to make some food or blah, blah, blah. blah. And she's like, oh, i want to make some deviled eggs. And I was like, Mom, nobody Great. eats deviled eggs. Who eats oh, deviled really? eggs? I love it. And I egg completely too. talked her out of eating deviled eggs. And then everybody kind of acted like I was the asshole afterwards. But she ended up making pigs in a blanket, which were ten thousand times better. So who's the real winner here? It's the, it's it's everyone at the party. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people, you're you're a deviled eggs guy. Deviled eggs are terrible. I don't I don't terrible. know who eats deviled eggs. I feel like only old people eat deviled eggs. Oh,
2: well, I mean, I'm an old soul, but uh, I love love a deviled egg. Love it. I love five deviled eggs actually. I'll look around and see if any everyone's got their first deviled egg. Uh, and I'm definitely going to have a second one. Mm.
3: So. There'll be deviled eggs tonight?
2: No, it's you know, I, I don't think I want to do that. It's
3: Yeah, I guess. Just the egg beer, thing. Yeah. The egg
2: thing is annoying. To, you know, eggs do. and
3: boo is not a great combo. Good
2: call. Yeah.
0: People that love deviled eggs will argue. They're a very supportive group. I'm
3: going to get a lot of tweets about this, yeah. yeah. Deviled eggs are great. I can't believe you said that out loud.
2: Hard disagree.
0: But anyway. all right. Did any of the did fraud home guys, did they drive for the party? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, you know, I think the holidays got guys a little tied up. Um so you know my mom it's turned good. 60 in two more years so maybe we'll do that nice okay
0: all right so we had uh, an inquiry from a midwestern guy good stock uh, about a ginger that had caught his eye remember that email it's not that long ago he sent us a follow up which has to be shared essentially he had hooked up with a girl in the past ended on good terms she was dating somebody else she has a friend she's a ginger i guess this guy's type which is great and uh he was like should i should I ask for her permission? We gave. We actually spent a lot of time on it, which is a shock for this pod, right? So he let us know that he 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 followed some of the advice, and here we are. Uh, don't expect you to put this on the pod. Well, we're doing it because it's too good. I'll give you an update. I messaged the old flame. She was really cool and said she'd put in a good word. I said thanks and keep me posted. An hour later, I was blocked.
2: <laughs> oh, wait, oh man! Was I here for this? Did I no, get this? You a- weren't. No. Okay. You so this was That's somebody's what,
0: advice. Well, no, my advice was well. There's a bunch of. We went down. Choose your own adventure. We just turned oh, age okay. 78. It. Yeah, right. we we went all over <laughs> okay. the place with it. So it was it was very much like you could reach out, and if she says no, at least you'll have a great starting point of a conversation with the ginger moving forward. But if she says yes, then you have an ally. And she's looking out for you but we did point out you never know it's like people can be really possessive about past relationships i think it's one of the most interesting things about people is that some people are like completely over it i mean again not to go too sherry here on this deal but like i had a serious girlfriend and we broke up and then like a week later i did something with somebody and i was like i'm gonna get destroyed for this and then she was like well we weren't together I was like, what? (laughs) Like how, like I was so, I was more shocked that she was so okay with it. Then made me be like, well, what's your deal then? What are you? So yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) Which is like the lesson you find out later on when you time travel through your own thoughts. You're like, wait a minute. Um, so there's always that danger is that she's going to tell you what you want to hear. But in reality, it's still going to bother her. And that's clearly what happened. But I think the win in this is as long as you. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's more to this. I said, thanks. All right. She blocked me. Not sure how to take that. But I took Ryan's advice and DM would the ginger. Haven't oh, received man. a response. But like you guys said, I don't gain or lose anything with this one, um, which was ultimately the math that we came up with is you, you, you already don't have either situation in your favor so if you ask you don't get anything it doesn't really mean necessarily you lost anything i just worry about how quickly he may have dm'd the ginger and did he share that he had been blocked by the mutual friend i think based on what you had said is that maybe maybe you were never going to run into her um maybe i played it out in my head that maybe you would at some point but if you don't like hey it could be six months before i ever see her i would have maybe even slow played the dm been like hey funny story And she either thinks it's funny and it's drinks or she's like, yeah, she told me and you're a creep. And then, you know, nothing works out. But at least you tried.
3: I think the latter is more likely, unfortunately.
0: But I'm proud of this guy for doing it.
3: Like, you know, all right, didn't work out. You know, sucks. If I could go back in time and be
2: in that thing, I would have just said, I think in these situations, it's always better to play dumb, even if you're not. That's what I would have said just go about it be like oh wow that's crazy i totally forgot you guys were buddies or if i'm getting that story correct i don't know i just kind of got the. the well he had said said that
3: she he he said that he and the ex were like on good terms and she might be able to help him out in this situation it wasn't just like oh they know each other listen if you guys
2: aren't great friends you're not on good terms i don't think i don't think like if you're not great friends i think the rest is just kind of a wash and i don't think they were great friends what it sounds like
3: the immediate block is that that's not,
2: that's not a good
0: sign. That's <laughs> not a good sign. Yeah, that's No, but crazy. to go from I'll put in a good word to blocked an hour later. Like, just just tell me you don't want to put in a good word then. Just, yeah, you know, sure. what is this shit? Yeah, the email is not the asshole here at all. Right. Like, sitting there going, she has zero posts. <laughs> <laughs> Must be going through
3: something.
0: Right. All right. Let's, uh, <laughs> that's what's so funny about the Instagram block. Is it like, let you think you might still not be. And you're like, man, she hasn't updated this in forever. She has no post, but still follow 7,000 people. What's going on here? All right, so uh, here we go. We'll get to an email. What's up? Six four two thirty five 235, Pro Comp, two, fif- 2015, Maurice Spates, last 10 seconds of game three in the first round of the playoffs. I love that, Maurice Spates. That's a, that's, a, that's a good one. Try to keep it brief. I'm 23 and live with two buddies from college. We live in the same city we went to college at. Wow. It's funny because like people are telling you you're doing it wrong. You might be doing it right. My family lives in another state, and I travel. Well, only if you know you're leaving eventually. Uh, I travel back to my hometown for Thanksgiving. When I got back to my current place after the break, I noticed some things were off. My keys were in a different spot. I went to my car Monday morning to go to work and noticed the gas was drained. I immediately thought that someone used my car. I hit up both my roommates, and one confessed to it. And he said, sorry, that was me. When I got dropped off from Thanksgiving, my car was dead, and I wasn't feeling good, so I borrowed it uh, to get some meds. I should have asked my bad. Seems fair enough, right? Yeah, everything sort of checks out. If you guys are that cool with each other, you're living post-college. You get along well enough if somebody needs to use a car. Despite some people can be really weird with the borrowing rules. We had a friend that had like a sick ride and then no one was just ever allowed to like be in it. That was like one of the strangest be things it. ever. Yeah, <laughs> okay. right. like it took up the parking space. He got like the better <laughs> parking space because it was nicer, which we all decided. And then I remember like one guy. What was kind of like- car was it? I'm not going to get too specific with it, but it was sweet. It was sweet. Because then it turned into something where a, another roommate like hit me up. He's like, can you believe we can't use that fucking – like, we just can't fucking use it? And now we <laughs> the have Mustang to go Mustang is route. off limits. We right. can't even go to <laughs> yeah. the grocery
2: store?
0: Sorry, no, no, but the travel, weather guys. the weather was like a real issue for driving when you're going to Vermont. There's, there were stretches where you'd just be like, okay the only option is is something that's the four by four right more suited for this uh my truck even with the four-wheel drive was a mess in it because it had the thing weighed 100 pounds no tailgate took it out put in a net nbd okay um (laughs) (laughs) uh let's see here let's see here so the it seems fair enough the only issue i had was the back seat door was left open and i found a cup left from jack-in-the-box next to the car I asked my other roommate if he said that the first roommate had some, uh, I asked my other roommate about it, and he said that the first roommate had some guys over Wednesday before Thanksgiving after the bars, and they had Jack in the box. The first roommate has a history of doing some shady shit during college, but I thought he'd matured since then. We think he used my car all weekend because he didn't want to put gas in his. The battery was fine uh, and may have taken it to Jack in the box after a night out. Should I confront him? Our lease is up in two weeks. So I don't see how anything like this would happen again. We're all sort of part of a bigger friend group. So I continue to see him around after the lease is up. If I call his bluff, uh, and it's true, he only needed it for meds. Then I'm the asshole can't necessarily prove he used it more or less. And also can't really trust his word. Given his history, would appreciate any advice on how to navigate this one. He did send us an update, Possibly the most crucial and funny piece of information. This guy's avoided being at the house from the hours of five to ten thirty every night this week. Um, we think he's avoiding any chance of confrontation. I mean, clearly these guys borrowed your car. Like, I, I mean, you're saying you're not a hundred percent sure. Well, it sounds like it's pretty much a hundred percent. There's no gas. Good another enough, guy right? right. Another guy confirmed that it was used and there was shit in the car. So, like, dude, what else do you need, Colombo? It didn't even this- have any
2: shame in it, right? Yeah. I mean, just- <laughs>
0: Right. But like the one guy's try. admitting admitting to it. Uh, so basically we're just asking here, like, I don't know. You guys take it. How would you how would you handle it, Kyle?
2: I think I wouldn't want to make too many waves, but what I would probably say is, hey, don't even ask uh, next time, because the answer is no. All right. I think that's it. It's just like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be like, how could you? Fuck you, give me the gas money, whatever. I think it would just be simple as that. Like, hey, in case it was unclear, don't even worry about asking next time because you're a guy that can't. All right. If there's a guy that didn't do it, he's a guy that can ask, but you're a guy that can't and that's okay because you have a car. So it's fine. It's that way. It just lets them know that, you know, it lets them know that you're not going to be a hard ass about it, but like, you know, you're disappointed, a little angry and it's changed, you know, the dynamics a little bit, not in the way that we can't be friends anymore, but it's like, don't ask me anymore. Sort of like the dude that you're like, don't even ask me for money anymore. At this point, don't ask me. Sort of like
3: that guy. Can you just like kind of fuck with him and just ask him about like different Jack in the box questions all the time? Be like, dude, what do <laughs> you guys great. want to go to Jack in the box today? Or like, what's your favorite thing at Jack in the box? And just keep asking. <laughs> just have thoughts on the 32? <laughs> you like the 32 over there? What the tacos? And uh, and just and it just ever it's understood. But you just keep fucking with the guy. I think that because, yeah, you know what the deal is, like what, even if he denies it, what's what's you know, the answer to this. So I just right. have a little bit of fun with it.
2: Yeah, and you don't want to go overboard mad because then everyone else could be like, what the fuck, come on. Yeah. Like, what, what is his deal? But I think you deserve to get a little bad, a little mad and that dude deserves to feel a little uncomfortable. So just find a way where the stakes are low, but, you know, the point gets made.
0: I'd ask the emailer, like, what's your mad range? How long? What, like, what gets you to a five? You know, like what may get me to a five or an eight is different for different people. Like, there can be some things that are eights for other that's like a one for me. Um, I would say I'm probably I have a weird mad range where I can be really mad about something that doesn't make any sense. And then something like I just said, I'd be like, I don't care. That doesn't bother me. Uh, this would at 23, I'd be kind of annoyed. I would get over this pretty quickly because there's a good chance I'm borrowing somebody else's car. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I was never one to be like, I'm just going to take my buddy's car for the entire weekend and then not really tell him it may have been out of necessity. Something sort of happens, but I wouldn't be shady necessarily like this. It sounds like the emailer isn't even that mad about it. It's more that it's funny. The guy isn't coming home the whole deal. So I would do this. I would just be like, look, I know you took the car. Do you not want to admit it? Cause then I'm actually going to be upset. If you took it, it's annoying, but fine. I'm not asking for anything. I don't need 20 bucks worth of gas or whatever the whole deal is. Cause it sounds like everything else has worked out. Like you're friends with this guy and a roommate post-college, and you said it's part of the same circle of friends. So it sounds like you're a little conscious of, of messing up the dynamic if this becomes a friend-ender with this, even if he's the one that did it to you. But on the grand scheme of things, like this isn't the end of the world. For some people, it would be like this absolute betrayal that you would do this to their car. I personally would not necessarily feel that way at 23 in my 40s, I have a bit more of an issue with it. So it sounds like you're <laughs> That's a actually great point. right. I, I think you're actually okay with it, based on what we're getting in the email. I don't know if Kyle and Steve agree, disagree. It's just you kind of deceive, like you just want him to say, "Yeah, dude, I I did yes. take it." Be like, "Okay, cool, you took it. Yeah. That was lame. There's shit in there, and now I know. And now I have to pack my keys." But again, the lease right. the lease is up in two weeks, so it doesn't even matter. So yeah. I uh, this reminds me of a story when I was in college
3: and again it, it perfectly like when you're young it just, things like this just like kind of don't matter you're right if i was in my 30s or 40s i'd be like dude could you just like not take my car but when i was in college one of my buddies hooked up with his girlfriend in my car in my in my 94 jeep grand cherokee didn't Fuck tell yeah, me dude. that's the like other, a dream
2: car for me. but other friends like
3: started telling me about it and i was like Obviously, I was like annoyed about it, but I'm like, what am I going to do? get pissed off and like not talk to this guy again? And he didn't tell me. And he knew that I didn't really lock my car during those periods of my life. So he just knew it was unlocked. So he just went in and did his thing and and got out. And I just was like, yeah, I could I could could be mad about this for like a month or I could just say, you know, it's kind of funny and just move on. I just I did the latter. So I think you're young enough where these things I would just make a joke out of it. Don't take it too seriously.
2: Yeah, I think at that age, like letting getting being let down isn't really the issue Cause that happens all the time. Those dudes will let you down all the time. But I think it's the the trust issue that that you know that's like a little more valuable. So it's not about like oh I can't believe you did this. Oh I can't believe you you know got drunk and stepped on my laptop. Oh I can't believe like it's not about the like being let down. It's about like are you gonna own it or not really. So I think that's what you're when you're considering this is to be your group. Like you don't you don't want to set a precedent of like fucking people over and lying about it because then you gotta kind of weed those dudes mm. out.
0: Also, your window of having drunk people step on your laptop closes as you get older.
2: You would think. I did ruin Jim Cunningham's laptop like a year ago because I sat on it. But it was under a blanket or on the that. couch, which I don't think should be there.
3: Oh, that's that's not your fault.
2: Yeah, that's not- it is. I did give him 700 bucks, though. But I'm glad, I'm glad we've decided it's not my fault.
0: Okay. I think he uh, here's an email. One more? Sure. All right. When yeah, to yeah. go hard. When to go hard. <laughs> this was a scary topic. But it's not. Uh seven foot, two hundred and fifty pounds, forty-four years old, ex-overseas pro, a journalist once called me baby Greg Ostertag. So I guess that's the player comp. I don't know, seven foot two fifty. I don't know your baby, green. anything. Yeah. But Ostertag brought it. I'm trying to understand when and if I should take over pickup games. <laughs> Usually I play <laughs> quite low key. I like to play a lot of point guard and shoot as a player from the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, that's a significant departure from the way I actually played. However, like most bigs, I had delusions of guard play, and I find it to be the most fun way to play now, and I can get people involved as my understanding of the game is still okay. The problems come about I was traveling recently and ended up playing a pickup game in a gym long, long way from home. The game was fun enough, played in good spirit, enjoyable run. My team held the court when a group of college-age dudes showed up as well. They weren't terrible, but they weren't all-world either. The problem started up where they got a bit lit. It didn't feel in the spirit of what we were doing, and eventually it started to grate. I changed up my playing style and headed to the block. At my size and weight, this was less a skills proposition than a question of physics. I took the game over and saw them off the court. The problem is that in doing so, I ended up dominating the possessions just to make a point. It's a competitive thing, which I sometimes struggle to put away, but was it worth making the game less fun for my team just to prove a point against some people I will never see again? In the moment, it felt pretty good, but in retrospect, maybe I should have just let it all go and continue the way I'd started. The question, I guess, becomes, quote, just because I can doesn't mean I should.
2: Great power. Oh, that's
0: that's, a, that's, a, that's another shirt, right? I also limped for a few days uh, after as I really did ramp up. I've not identified the place for myself because I don't want people to know who I am or who they are. It's not a big city. Okay. All right. All um, right. Hmm. Look, as someone who has a hard time as soon as the ball is in his hand and literally anything, I understand where you're coming from. And I wasn't good enough to ever play in anything that anybody cared about. But once the ball is there, like I've had even pickup games where I'm like, hey, you know what? Maybe you're just going to little facilitate today. Or maybe I'm going to do some of this or work on some of the probe dribbling and you know, get some of that handle back. And then as soon as I have the ball, I'm like, fuck this. So <laughs> I, under- I understand where you're coming from. Now it really comes down to, I have no problem. I'll just say right now, I have no problem with what you did whatsoever. And I would tell you to relax on yourself. Like you shouldn't be thinking games like days post this game. Did I actually do the wrong thing? Like, yes, if you were playing in a regular run with guys all the time, And you just decide to sit on the block and turn on everybody at seven foot two fifty. I'd be like, you're kind of a fucking loser. Like, what are you doing? This is. But again, what are you never supposed to play? Yeah, you're never supposed to play basketball again because you're enormous and no one can ever defend you in pickup (laughs) games. So that's not really necessarily your fault. But I've seen that a few times, like a super, super physically imposing guy who's like beating up on dudes that aren't that good. So maybe that's where it comes from. But in this case, specific to the email, you said that they started talking and if they started talking, which was stupid, knowing that you're a weapon on the other side and you actually played, and you're not just seven feet, you know what I mean? Like you're actually good enough if you played overseas. Uh I have no issue with the more dominant species reminding the less dominant species that they exist in this case.
2: <laughs> yeah, you are the big guns and it was time for the big guns. And sometimes the team doesn't have the big guns. You are. And it's great because this is a story, right? It's those guys on that, court will be like remember that one time that those you know those assholes were talking and then all of a sudden we just played them off the court if, if it's like oh man if people see you and start groaning because they know what you do that's not the case this is just that one time and i'm sure there'll be another time when some other lounge come in the gym and you could do that then they'll all look at you and be like you want to do this but i think because like don't definitely don't feel bad about that one time i think it seems like you know how you know to play well with others work well with others so That's cool. And it's cool to be the big guns. And sometimes we need the big guns. So uh, as long as your, you know, your meter reader is good for when it's time and when it's not, I think that's great. Isn't
3: this just like the definition of fuck around and find out?
2: Yeah, exactly. Um,
3: I I think one of the coolest things in life is when somebody's fucking awesome at something, but they don't flex it. But when they do, it's, it's very, very seldom. But when they do, they just remind people like, hey, man, like this is this is real. Like some like some guy who's like real tough and can beat the shit out of it, but he doesn't. But if you get in his face, he's gonna kick your ass. Like that is the, that's the way that's to me the way to carry yourself in life. So yeah, if you're going around dunking on dudes all in the post left and right at these games, like that's a loser move. But every once in a while, just to show them like, hey, man, like this is what I'm capable of. I don't, I don't have any issue with that whatsoever. I would, I would, I guess my only question would be like, what did your teammate, like, did your teammates think it was weird? Cause maybe that's, maybe he was getting weird vibes from his own teammates and that's why he's self-conscious about it. But if
0: they were cool with it
3: and you only did it for that one instance, I think you played it perfectly.
0: No issues with this whatsoever. I mean, you've even admitted that you play the game differently just to get involved because if you just went down on the block all the time in your regular games, like for you, it's not even challenging. You know, that's, that's what I would think. Like, especially as somebody who played somewhere, you We go, well, this like what's the point of what I'm even doing? So you're playing like a guard. You your head is in the right place here. It's totally right. And to to Ceru's point, like you just you just gave him a little bit of a reminder. Like if you guys really you really want to do this, okay, fine. Like we'll do this. And even though it wasn't a challenge whatsoever, it's probably fun for your teammates to shut those other guys up if they were in fact talking shit. So I I think what you did is fine. It's great. And they're staying on the court. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Winners. (laughs) Okay. Thanks to vacation. (laughs) <laughs> thanks to Vacation Kyle. Uh, happy birthday to your dad. Send him a big six-o. Happy birthday from the Alliance yeah. and everyone here, Ryan Rosilla Podcast. Uh, thanks for sure to Certi. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll be back Monday recapping all of it. Ryan Rosilla Podcast, Ringer, Spotify. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com forward slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org forward slash chat in Connecticut. 1 800 9 with it in Indiana, 1 800 522 4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1 877 770 Stop in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1 800 gambler.net in West Virginia, or call 1 800 522 4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support in Massachusetts, or call 1 800 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made
2: to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging,
0: I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little